0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Gift of Choice, hosted by entrepreneurial coach and holistic nurse practitioner, Bonnie Gressel. Bonnie and her guests offer information and motivation each week to help you live your dream and attain the health, happiness, and abundance you deserve. Now, here's the host of the Gift of Choice, Bonnie Gressel.
1: Welcome everyone. This is Bonnie Gressel. I'm your host here at the Gift of Choice show. I want to tell you how much I appreciate all of you for taking time out of your busy day because I know life is busy to spend a little bit of that time here with us here at the show. You know, my goal is always to provide great content so that you feel that this time was well spent. Now, just a reminder, you can listen to any of the past episodes, actually. They're all archived on Blog Talk Radio and also on iTunes. And we also stream the last episode to Speak Up Talk Radio. They're on for you 24 7, so you can listen at 3 in the morning if you want to. So, to be a part of this community, there's a couple of different ways you can do that. You can click Follow on the show page if you're here on Blog Talk Radio. If you're on iTunes and you're listening there, you can click the subscribe button, and that lets you sort of put this show into your favorites. And then you can always join us on the Facebook group, The Gift of Choice Radio Show. And I'd love to hear from people there. It's it's a group, so, you know, I have to approve you to, to be in the group. But you can see all the content that's on there without even becoming a member necessarily. And we always put the latest things there. And I always post the show right before we do it um, on that page as well. So those are a few different ways that you can sort of stay connected. Now, I always want to remind people as we get into the content of the show that the Gift of Choice show is educational, inspirational, and I hope motivational in nature. But I want you to take what fits for you and simply let go of the rest. The Gift of Choice show does not intend or imply to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment either. I always, always want to sort of preface every show by just reminding you of that. I want you to take care of yourself if you do need to seek you know, some professional assistance, please do that. Now, if you'd like to call in today and be live on the air with us, we always welcome that. Let me give you the call-in number. The call-in number is always the same, but it's 714-816-4716. And if you just want to listen, you can just call in and just listen. If you do want to be live on the air with us, just press 1 on your phone, and that lets me know that you've raised your hand. And I can see in the studio that you've done that, and I can unmute you from where I am. So I always welcome, and I know our guest does too, welcomes people to call in. And I also have the chat room open. I try to open that at every show. I will check that from time to time. And so if you don't have a comment, a question, or you just want to say hi, pop into the chat room and type me something. And we'll be able to access that information as well. Now, at the beginning of every show, I've done this for, gosh, almost the past year now, I've taken just a moment, you know, we spend just a, a minute or two and and really do nothing but breathe because we have to breathe anyway, right? But we so seldom think about it. We don't really pay attention to our breath. And it's a really good way to sort of slow everything down, sort of come inside, and the other sort of monkey mind or mind chatter just sort of slows down. When you do that, when you focus on one thing really intently. So, if you're in a place where you can join me today, like you're not driving on the freeway or something like that, please do. Please, you know, set aside whatever you might be doing and just take a moment. We're only going to spend a moment or so doing this and breathing. And if you can inhale through your nose, And let that exhale go a really long time until there's no air left. That's a really more relaxing breath because it activates your relaxing side, your parasympathetic nervous system. Now, I want to stress to you, though, that you don't have to do it that way. I want you to do it so that it's comfortable for you. You know, the breath, without pushing it or pulling it, just let it flow. So if you're able, please join me. And breathing in and breathing out. Letting everything go that you don't need right now. I want you to continue just breathing in and out. Without pushing it, without pulling it, without wondering, am I doing this right? Just do it so that it fits for you, so that it's comfortable for you. This is your time. Bring it in and breathing out. You know, at some level you decided, you made a choice to listen to the show today. I want you to take this time right now for you and just do nothing else but breathe. That's all you have to do. There's nothing else you need to do right now. Breathing in. And breathing out. You may notice that you start to feel a little more relaxed as you're breathing like this. Maybe your shoulders come down a bit. I just want you to let go of everything that you don't need right now. There's nothing else that you need to do. This time is your time. Breathing in... and breathing out. Noticing the breath, all the little nuances, all the things that maybe you don't ordinarily notice when you breathe. Now I'd like you to take one more big breath in if you can. And let everything go. Just let everything out that you don't need right now. And as you take that bigger breath at the end, it gives your body a signal that although I want you to hang on to that relaxed feeling, it's time to come back and participate and listen to the show. It gives your body a signal that there's a little difference now. So hang on to that relaxed feeling as we really get into the topic of today's conversation. Now, I don't know about all of you, but I know I feel so much more relaxed when I do just that moment. I mean, we did it for, what, a minute, maybe a minute and a half? It doesn't take a lot of time. It doesn't have to be difficult. It can just be whatever fits for you. But taking the time, just that moment is important. Because you're worth it. You know, as I was thinking about the show today, I was thinking about our guest. I'm going to introduce Gail Brenner, who is the author of The End of Self-Help. I'm going to introduce Gail right after our first break. But as I was thinking about her being on the show today, it got me thinking about some things. You know, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but there's a ton of self-help things out there. It, it can be almost overwhelming. I mean, just go to your local bookstore or look online. There is a ton of stuff. Now, that's great because there's all kinds of, you know, techniques and tips and strategies and things that you can use. But what we do is sometimes we feel like we need to do it all and we need to do it all correctly. And we make it too difficult. You know, just do what fits for you. And you know what fits for you. You know it intuitively. It's, it's you know, that gut feeling it's if it feels good, do it kind of thing. And if you have to struggle with it or wonder if you're doing it right or, or don't know if you have all the steps to something, then it's actually causing more stress than it is, you know, relaxation or whatever the main purpose is. Sometimes we need we feel that we need to do things in just the right way or use a particular technique and that's just not that's not helpful for us particularly for people who are maybe have a little bit of the perfectionism tendencies, we feel like we need to do everything just so, right? Everything just right. It needs to be, we need to be good at it. Well, there's a, a, there's a quote that I'd like, and I know I say this often on this show, but it's, it goes like this. Perfectionism is a character defect. And I kind of think that that's, in a way, that's true because we make things too hard, make things too difficult. Now, I'm a big fan of tools and techniques myself, and I use a lot of them, and I I teach a lot of them with the clients that I work with, but of all the techniques I've ever learned, you know, I don't think I've ever do one exactly like it was taught to me. I make it my own. I adapt it to fit me wherever I'm at in my journey. You know, just like the breathing that we did a little bit ago, simple simple thing to do to breathe but yet it can be so powerful when you become aware of it being mindful you know it's not a complicated thing but yet it's profoundly or can be profoundly life-changing so when we were doing that little breathing meditation before it's really practicing meditation for a short time in whatever way fits for you you know that that breath without struggling, without pushing it or pulling it or wondering, am I doing this right? Because what is right? To me, my definition is whatever fits for you, that's what's right. There's no one right way to do anything. And however you choose to do something, it's your choice. In fact, it's only your choice. Nobody can choose that for you. So maybe, you know, say there's there's feelings, like feelings that we're not not comfortable with, like anxiety or fear or pain. We often get upset that we have those feelings and we there's that angst, right? There's that struggle, that fight. And, you know, we don't treat that feeling or sometimes it's a physical symptom. We don't treat it very well. We sort of, you know, get into the boxing ring with it. But what would happen, do you think, if you would just sit with it? Just acknowledge it without judgment. You know, every feeling, every symptom should be honored and acknowledged, I think, but without judgment. It is what it is. You know, when I've done symptom imagery with clients in the office, now symptom imagery, for those of you who might not know, is that it's a sort of a kind of a guided meditation where the client goes wherever they want to go and they sort of unwrap their own package and I just guide them really to be curious about the symptom to notice all the things that they can notice about it and to maybe start a conversation with it so let's take the example of physical pain I had a story a patient one time that had shoulder pain and it was one of those things and you might know people like this or maybe have this yourself, there's this pain and nobody can figure out what's causing the pain. She's been to all these physicians, all these people, and no one can say what's causing your pain, yet it's there, yet it bothers her every day. So she came to me. It was months that she'd struggled with this, and I was sort of the end of the line, as, as I often am with patients. And so we did some symptom imagery around it. And Sort of a long story short, after a couple of sessions and having her sort of get to know that symptom of shoulder pain, I had her invite an image to appear that represented that pain, and then we could dialogue with it. And as she was dialoguing with that pain, she learned that it wasn't there to hurt her, it was there to remind her that she really needed to take time for herself. She had spent her whole life doing for other people. And she hadn't spent time on her, done the things she wanted to do. So after a couple of sessions, she said, you know, that's so true. I've taken care of my kids, and then as they were adults, and then as their children, my grandkids. And I, I've never really stopped to take time for me. I've always wanted to do a watercolor class and all these different things, and she never did. So she decided to take the advice of her symptom." and she told her family she was going to go on hiatus for a little bit and still be around but not be as involved as she had been and she enrolled in a watercolor class and a couple of other things she came back a couple of weeks later and she said oh my gosh you'll never believe what happened and i said what she said the pain went away she listened to her symptom and it went away she didn't try to change it she didn't try to she didn't fight with it She just sat with it and tried to understand what the message was. Now, I have a feeling that our guest today is going to talk about those sorts of things because that's her wheelhouse. I'm so excited to have Gail Brenner with us here on the show today. So we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, I'm going to introduce Gail, and we're going to start our dialogue together today. So this is Bonnie Gressel at The Gift of Choice, and we're going to be right back.
2: Are you one of the millions of people who struggle to relax, sleep well, or even lose weight? Have you ever wondered why it's so hard? If you think your brain might have something to do with it, you're right. Now you can learn how to access the powerful energy of the mind-body connection with the ultimate health and wellness gift set a four-CD collection of guided meditations from holistic nurse practitioner Bonnie Gressel. You can use them all for yourself or split the individually wrapped CDs into gifts for friends and family. The ultimate health and wellness gift set includes all of Bonnie's popular CDs, including restful sleep, relax, meditation for busy people, and weight loss. To get your copy of the Ultimate Health and Wellness Gift Set, go to BonnieGressel.com and click on the Products tab. That's B-O-N-N-I-E-G-R-O-E-S-S-L.com. You're listening to The Gift of Choice with your host, Bonnie Gressel. The Gift of Choice is sponsored by m and Global Solutions providing individualized coaching for entrepreneurs and authors, as well as book editing and publishing services. For more information, go to Well,
1: Welcome back, everyone. This is Bonnie Gressel here at The Gift of Choice. You know, what if it was truly possible at any moment to be happy, peaceful, and free of troubles? Well, today we're going to talk with psychologist Dr. Gail Brenner, who's going to tell us about some of the surprising facts that nothing really needs to change for you to be happy. You don't need to learn how to do something else or really change anything. Gail Brenner, Ph.D., is a psychologist who joyfully shares insights about discovering that suffering is optional. She's the author of the recently published book, The End of Self-Help discovering peace and happiness right at the heart of your messy, scary, brilliant life. You can find Gail on Facebook and at her blog at com. And I know that I put her links at the bottom of this show page today. I know she's got some great stuff on her com website as well, so be sure to check those out. Now, Gail offers a bridge between psychology and spiritual understanding and brings us closer To seeing the truth and compassion into our everyday human challenges so I want to welcome Gail to the show today welcome Gail thank you so much for sharing time with us today
3: oh thank Thank you Bonnie I'm very happy to be here and I loved your meditation I'm very relaxed now
1: oh good (laughs) good you know you know Gail everyone has a journey and I often start a show when I have a guest like this Everyone's Got a Journey, Life Experiences, who sort of lead us to who we've become today. And I know I I did just a very short introduction on your bio, but would you tell our listeners a little bit more about your journey and what brings you to who you've become today and why you wrote the book?
3: Sure. Um, Well, I was always a little rebellious. I think I just came out of the womb that way. And I was always questioning everything and wanted to know the truth of it. I never took, I was just, it was just part of my personality, my makeup, to not take anything for granted that anybody said, and I wanted to know it in my own experience. Now, you might imagine that that made for a little a, a little bit of conflict as I was growing up when I was a child, but um, it, it ended up serving me very well because um, I got to the point where I was, searching for an end to my own suffering. I I just knew something was better and there was something better in life. And it wasn't that I was suffering horribly. I mean, l- many worse things have happened to other people than have happened to me. But still, I got depressed, I had uh, anxiety, I was fearful of doing things, I was looking for approval. I felt limited in my life, and I knew in in my heart of hearts that there was something more for me. But I didn't know how to break through. I didn't know how to what to do with all the stuff that was in the way and how how to really let that inner light shine. And I um, searched through psychotherapy and retreats and lots of self-help books myself and um, still there was that sense of suffering Mm. until I read, and I was about um, 40 at the time, when um, I, I started reading about Buddhism and I read that the Buddha said that an end to suffering was possible. Something in me lit up when I read that because I didn't really understand what that meant. I didn't know how to get there, but something in me absolutely knew that that was true, and that put me on a quest to really understand how it's not how it's possible to not suffer, mm. and that led me to more retreats and. Of teachers and everything. And, and I've gotten to the point where I realized that in any moment you can feel stuck, but you can also find your way through that pattern or that conditioning or programming so that you can be peaceful and free in any moment. And that's what's inspired me to write this book.
1: Mm. So and now you've been a therapist for many years as well. Yes, that's right. So, so did you do some of this work then with your clients? in your practice? Yes,
3: well my my work as a therapist has evolved a lot over time. Ah. I was trained Pretty condition, um, traditionally, and on cognitive behavioral therapy and other kinds of therapies. And um, you know, I was kind of experimenting with my clients about what works, what doesn't. And you know, certainly the way that I've worked with people has paralleled my own journey because as I've gotten clearer and clearer about what really helps, I'm able to bring that to people. And it's kind of radical. The feedback that I get from some of my clients is, you know, wow, I've been to many therapists, but this is this is different Mm -hmm. because this invites people to go outside of their stories. I think traditional therapy, it, it, it tries to rearrange the puzzle pieces of people's life stories. And that works to some degree for some period of time, but I don't think that's the ultimate solution. I think the ultimate solution is to realize that who we really are, the essence of, of who we are, is not our stories about ourselves. So we need to step outside of the story to, to look more directly at, to who, at this, this essence of who we are, the beingness of who we are
1: mm, so you said that you know your, your journey has has brought you ultimately to write this book did that come do you think more from you know all of your work with clients and patients over the years or more from your own journey
3: um i just say more from my own journey okay. but but everything is involved in it you know i couldn't mm-hmm. separate anything out and you know i had written a blog for me about well when i started writing the book about four years mm. and um I was just felt inspired to go deeper than I could in in, uh, any particular blog post, so I started writing the book, and it's really been my it's been such an amazing experience for me to do that to write a first book and get it out there and um, and really you know put my heart and soul into it and express it out in the world. It's been a beautiful experience.
1: Yeah. Oh, awesome. And and I've I've read your book, and it is a good. It is great. I mean. I would wow. encourage, and, and I think you put the, the link to your book actually on the show page so if anybody wants to go there, I think it's on. it takes you right to Amazon and you can look more at it. But, you know, you part of your title is The End of Self-Help, right? Is there, mm-hmm. like, something wrong with self-help? And what do you mean by the end of self-help? And I, and well, I, maybe I know, but I want yeah. our listeners to hear from you. Sure, absolutely. Well, let's look at
3: what's the word self-help. Mm-hmm. It means that we're a self who needs help. And Mm -hmm. that help, and it implies that that help comes from outside. So we, we buy the next book or we go to the next retreat in order to help ourselves. And what's implied in that is a sense of lack, that who we are, if we believe ourselves to be this self who needs help, we think we're lacking what we need to be happy, and we need to look outside of ourselves for it, for that thing that will finally fill us up, a book, a technique, a relationship, the right career, whatever it is. That we're we're just hoping for the the next thing, so that we feel complete and fulfilled within ourselves. But while we're doing that, the moments of our life that we're actually living are perceived as, as lacking something. So my 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 quest, which which is well intended to to find something out something with self help out there, some technique to make me happier. It, while I'm doing that, I'm not happy.
1: Mm-hmm. So.
3: The end of self-help turns this whole thing around and says, ask these questions. Are you really unfulfilled in this moment? You might believe you're unfulfilled in your thoughts. You might feel that way in your feelings, but when we look at the essence of the reality of any particular moment, we discover that it, we're not this limited, separate, fragmented person that's unfulfilled. We can discover that we are the the fullness, there's a there's a an infinite um peace and and um happiness available really that's there and who we are always. It's we just need to learn how to access that.
1: Mm. So why do you think people aren't happy? I mean our society you ask you know you ask if people are happy and probably more than half will say no, not really. Why do you think that? Yeah. Is?
3: Well, I think that um, a couple of things. One is I think our society encourages us. I would call it a society of lack, a culture of lack. Mm. It encourages Mm -hmm. us to want something that we think we don't have already. And um, we're not taught anything different in our schools. Certainly advertising is all about wanting something that you think you don't have. Um, so, so that's one part of it, but another reason why we're not happy is and it has to do with our attention and when our attention goes into thoughts about that aren't going well or fears about the future or things that have happened in the past that feel painful or regretful, when that's our living reality, we're not going to be happy. And if our attention goes into feelings about, of sadness or pain or um, frustration or anxiety, we're not going to feel happy. So, um, so when, we, when we recognize that that's where our attention is going, it becomes obvious why we're not happy. So then the question becomes, well, what can we do with our attention besides Thinking those thoughts that don't make us happy or feeling the feelings that aren't making us happy, what else is possible? And it is possible when we begin to really pull this all apart to just be. So there's a being that's that that exists without all the doing, without the thinking and the feeling. It's just really what you were beginning to access in your meditation. This just resting in the peace that's already here. That we can think, but the thinking is optional. We can believe we are our feelings, but that's also optional. We have choice to to let all that go. And if we let all that go, we're just here and very much alive and able to access the truth of who we are,
1: yeah, you know it's it's you know there was that saying you know be a a human being instead of a human doing, <laughs> yeah,
3: that's right, exactly, and the the being is so it's so we all know it to some degree we all know like a moment of joy that just comes from nowhere even if you just know that for a split second or or you know the possibility of it or or just this immense peace that just kind of comes over you or the you know you're watching a child play and your heart just sings out out of its chest and you know these are these are moments of pure being that they might seem like they're related to the the things that occur in the world, the events and the the objects that come up. But they're, they're just these examples of pure being and, and the, the peace that's, that's possible with that. And that's what's here and available when we stop believing these stories that we're limited and, and lacking and, uh, and and missing something. And when we stop believing that and we let our minds just rest just for a moment, we realize that things right in this moment are just okay the way they are.
1: Yeah. You know, we're going to take another short break, Gail, but when we come back, I want to hear it. Um, maybe you have some examples you could share from your own journey about sure. how you found your way out of suffering. So, this is Bonnie Gressel here at The Gift of Choice, and I'm here with Dr. Gail Brenner, and she's the author of The End of Self Help. We're going to take another short break, and we're going to be right back to hear more from Dr. Gail.
0: Bye bye. Do you dream of building a business in which you can share your expertise and gifts with others? A business that allows you to actively pursue your passion. If you're like most people, you've put that dream on the back burner because the mountain of details is just too overwhelming. Now you can join other holistic-minded practitioners in leveraging the entrepreneur coaching services of Bonnie Gressel. Bonnie shares your belief in the power of the mind-body-spirit connection, and she has experience in growing a business from the ground up. Whether your challenges are strategic, technological, or you want to create a platform that promotes your expert status, even by publishing a book, you can achieve your dreams quicker with the help of Bonnie's individualized coaching. Contact Bonnie for a free, no-obligation consultation at BonnieGressel.com. That's B-O-N-N-I-E-G-R-O-E-S-S-L dot com. Well, welcome
1: back, everyone. This is Bonnie Gressel here at The Gift of Choice, and I'm here today with Gail Brenner, author of The End of Self-Help, and we're having a really fascinating conversation. And, and just before the break, I asked Gail if she would think about maybe some of her own examples in, in her own journey about how she found her way out of suffering, because suffering is optional. So, so Gail, what can you share with our listeners today? I'm sure I'm sure if you're like most people, you've probably got a bunch of things.
3: Absolutely. Yes. And I think what I want to talk about is fear and how much mm-hmm. fear used to rule my life. I used to be afraid of everything. And the funny thing about it is I didn't really realize it. You know, I was kind of out there just living life, doing my work and, you know, social things and whatever else I was doing. But there was always this low level of anxiety about everything. And it held me back. It it kept me from from uh doing things that were maybe a little risky or or just from feeling okay about things as they are, so when I started this exploration of my own experience, I was really surprised to realize how much fear was present and uh in my own experience, and when I started realizing it, I learned how to welcome. Fear, which is uh, something that's really helpful for everybody to learn about any feeling, so it's not about indulging a feeling and and you know letting fear rule and drive me, and it's not about pushing fear away and pretending that it's not there and, you know, I'm just going to go forward and do it anyway. It's really about having a loving experience with that fear. And anybody can do this with any feeling. It's about befriending our feelings. So we go, okay, there's fear present. And then you begin to observe it and you say, okay, and you question it. What is fear? And we find that any emotion is a um It has a story around it. It tells you something that you repeat in your mind, and it has some physical sensations in your body. So I realized fear is telling me what I can't do. It's telling me how I'm limited. It's telling me um, what's not okay in my life and in myself and the things that I'm doing. And that was a a fearful story. And then there were physical sensations of fear where I felt incredibly tense and contracted in my body. Um, And before I brought my attention to that, I didn't even realize that that's what was happening. But for me, it was so freeing to realize how this conditioning was working because I could see, okay, there are these thoughts here. Do I have to believe them? Are they true? They're only telling me scary stories about the future that's not even here. They're telling me what I can't do when I haven't even tried it out yet, and which it, and is it, it an incredible limitation. And then I would just be with the physical sensations and welcome them like, oh, okay, there's contraction. Is that a problem? Does it mean anything? Does it have to do anything? It was just allowing everything to be there as it is. It's a very loving way to be with your own experience in the, you know, to to not resist it anymore and to welcome it in and and have a friendly relationship with it, it made the fear eventually lose its power. So every time it came up or comes up now, it still does, uh, I can say, oh, you know, hello fear, but I'm not interested in what you're trying to tell me or do for me right now. I'm going to put you over here and I'm going to move forward uh, in in a very um, kind of grounded way. But treating the fear gently, not harshly, and not, not mm-hmm. with any we do violence with our feelings within ourselves. Often we hate how we feel, we want it to change. And that I don't think that serves. I think to be able to acknowledge all of our experience and be friendly and welcoming with it really is the thing that, that helps us to be at peace.
1: Yeah. You know, to me Gail, it's it's it always comes back to that love. That everything is love, you know, that self-love sometimes. And this is just a Bonnieism, I guess. But how I look at it is sometimes our feelings, our emotions or our physical symptoms just need to be loved a little bit, you know, yes, rather right. than to be fought with.
3: Absolutely. The the fight that inner fight, you know, if we want inner peace, we know how to we know inner war. We know how to be at war with ourselves. And the way to be at war with ourselves is to not like how we feel or to resist mm-hmm. how we feel it or want to push it away or do something with it so, or want it to change even. You know, I, I instruct people to to let go of the need to want something to change. And instead, do, do a 180 on that, a U-turn, and just let it be as it is. It's a very loving way to be with yourself, to just let things be, to just mm-hmm. be friendly with things as they are.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. You know, there's some people, I think, well, I know some people who – It's sort of that external locus of control versus the internal locus of control. They need other people's approval or or whatever to to find value in themselves so that they can be happy. Right. Do you have some advice for our listeners regarding that?
3: absolutely that's a very common story in our society and a painful story that people live in that oh i'm inadequate i'm wounded i'm i'm uh there's something wrong with me that needs to change so that i'm okay that's, again, a story that we tell. It's an identity that we take on. We wear it. And you might even call it a mask. It's masking who we really are because no matter what has happened to anybody in their lives, any of the experiences, and some of them are pretty challenging experiences that people have, they we, we tend to identify with them and take them on and wear them like, like that is who we are. But it's really only conditioning So that feeling of lack, like something's missing or I'm not okay or I need approval or I desperately need somebody to pay attention to me, these are – these are identities that we take on, but they're not absolutely who we are. And when we realize that that's a mask that we can shed, when we see through what this actually is, we can start to question it. Is that actually true? Is that, am I okay as I am? You know. And, and when we begin to question that, we shed this conditioning that really doesn't serve us at all. And we find that when we shed the conditioning, we're still here. We're al- It's not like we've gone away and we don't exist anymore. If you don't believe in your conditioning just for a moment, you just turn it off just for a second, you're here, you're alive, you're present, you're receiving things as they are. And it's a, it's a lovely way of being and that's what's possible. So this feeling of lag or needing attention or needing approval, it's, it's an identity that we take on but that's not true and it doesn't have to define our reality
1: yeah well and there's a there's a saying that you know people will value you as much as you value yourself and absolutely it it goes back to that self-love you know and we talk on the show here that we talk about self-love and unconditional self-love a lot Yeah. yeah what do you and what can you say about that from your perspective well
3: that's the gift of choice You know, Mm -hmm. and and that's the name. I love the name of this show. And, you know, I know that you talk here also about feeling empowered. Mm -hmm. It's a choice that you can make in any moment to resist what's happening or to accept it. What's happening is happening. We can't alter that, but we can alter our relationship to what's happening. So if, if you're waiting for a phone call, you know, you're waiting for him to call and he doesn't call, you're sitting there in that, that, you know, pain or expectation, you have a choice about how to relate to that moment. You can get angry, you can get frustrated, you can go out and have five fears, or you can say, okay, this is what it is, I'm going to receive it, I'm going to welcome it, I'm going to accept it as it is in this moment and not resist it, and maybe that that has something there to teach me. You know, so when you accept things and you don't resist them, maybe you see, oh, you know, he's not the right person for me anyway, or I have better things to do with my time than wait for a phone call. There's a there's a space for wisdom when we start resisting, when we stop resisting our reality, resisting what's happening. So I love that we have that choice. We can say, we can resist what's happening, or we can receive it and allow it and accept it and let it inform how we are and how we move forward rather than resisting and it's a it's a relaxing uh peaceful way of being and i also want to say it's not about um accepting uh you know if someone's not treating you well it's it's absolutely okay to say i don't want to be here in this moment or i want to be doing something different or i don't want you to be talking to me that way that's perfectly valid to feel that way but that comes from truth that comes mm-hmm. from from the clarity of your of knowing your uh your inner self and not avoiding something because you're afraid of it.
1: Yeah, and and to me that's that's the core of true self-empowerment. It has to start there.
3: Absolutely. Yes, and it is the choice that that can be made. It's really the only choice. Mm-hmm. We can't choose much of what happens to us, but we can choose how we relate to our experience in every moment. We can choose how we want to move forward. And then we receive what happens. Much of what happens to us is out of our control. So it's really helpful to learn to be with this not knowing, this I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to respond until I do it. You know, just just to, to allow ourselves to not know so that we're more
1: aligned with the flow of reality. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Gil, we hear I talk a lot about not a lot, but I talk some about affirmations here in the show. And and I and I know several people who say, "Oh, affirmations. I've tried those; those don't work." What is your take on affirmations? I'm just curious. Well, my take
3: is if they work, great. And and mm-hmm. I would question, what does "work" mean? I guess "work" means it makes you feel more empowered or happier or you know more more aligned with life. And If that works, that's great. What I find with strategies like that is that they're not sustainable.
2: Mm-hmm. So if
3: you're relying on an affirmation, you have to remember to do your affirmation. And the power of conditioning is really, really strong and until, until we can see our way through it. So we have to remember to do the affirmation so that we can counter our conditioning. What I find is it might be, in the beginning, a more challenging way to deal with it, but ultimately it really gets to the root of the problem is to really see our conditioning, to really recognize when these condition patterns uh, arise in our experience, when they start to emerge and congeal and we start to feel caught and stuck, so even with the best intentions of what affirmations want for us, you know, we still get caught. And then the question is what to do when we get caught, and and that is to realize that that's what's happening, to have that be a moment not of like, oh, darn it, I got caught again, you know, not a moment to bash ourselves, but a moment of a golden moment of, of a light bulb going off, like, oh, and now I can find my way back to peace. I can just... I can let go of these painful thoughts I can feel sensations in my body, I can bring my attention back to the flow of this moment and then I'm peaceful. So so that's um and if affirmations help with that that's great i've nothing against affirmations but what i um what i'm most interested in is finding peace in every moment and i find that the that the way that really um helps me is to realize when i'm stuck and let go of anything that's painful or not serving because i i can I, that's where the option is i can let go of all of that i don't need it and i can rest in this knowing of who i am of the truth of the flow of life and let that take me along and that's um that's what takes me to peace every time so mm-hmm. affirmations are fine but i i I think we really I think we need more than that. And, and I I find that like I've done techniques like that and like a gratitude practice and remember five things every day. And it's great. But it, it has to be something that actually changes the way you feel about yourself, the way your identity is in the world for it to work. And if that's mm-hmm. what it does, that's great.
1: Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about relationships. That's that's a hot topic, people are always struggling or often struggling with relationships and there's all kinds of questions around that. So what, I mean, tell us a little bit about, you know, within your scope of of your, you know, your book and, and beliefs that you have and what maybe the source of problems is in relationships and how can people be happier? Can they be happier?
3: You know, relationships are a beautiful mirror of where we're still stuck. So Mm. whenever there's, and I have found this in my own relationship, that the the most useful thing I can do is when there's a conflict or when I'm angry about something or frustrated or I'm triggered in some way, the best thing I can do is not have what we call the talk with my partner, (laughs) but because that's, you know, the partner groans and, you know, it, it often doesn't really work. But it's really to, to stop and reflect in on my own experience. So that moment of being triggered in response to something my partner said or did and and I have an emotional reaction to that, that is such a valuable moment for me to learn something more about myself and a moment for freedom within myself so that I can say, Okay, I got triggered here. What does that feel like? What am I believing? What am I expecting? What do I think should be happening that's not happening? And those kinds of thoughts are all resistance to reality because the reality is he did what he did. And that's the truth. And if I go in my head, he shouldn't have done that. And I expect it to be different. And if he doesn't change, then this is going to happen. That's all a story that's emotion-fueled, and it's really not going to go anywhere. And then I want to talk to him and, oh, you shouldn't do that, and we need to do it differently. But, th- but before I do any of that, I sit and I stop and I just let my feelings be. I let that reaction run through. I feel, I acknowledge it. I see it for what it is. I stop the blaming. Blaming someone else is never going to help you with your uh, patterns and your conditioned programming. You really have to stop and look at it within yourself and take responsibility for it and see it and see through it. And when you can come to a sense of peace with it, that's the time, if you still need to, to go to to go to your partner. So relationships are a, a beautiful opportunity for us to see where we're, and all of this is, but relationships are so close, you know, that, they, that they're a, they give us this opportunity to see where we still get triggered, where our conditioned habits are still taking us over so that we can see through those and see our way to the peaceful way of being that's that's always possible for us.
1: So rather than, you know, having the yeah, so rather than than having the talk as you say, you start with yourself again, right? Cuz that's really the only yeah. part that we can control is is us.
3: That that's absolutely right. And you know, if you have a partner who's open and we're talking just about, you know, like a partnered or a marriage relationship now, this can really go for any relationship. You know, if if you're um if you have if the other person is willing and open to have a, a very open discussion about it, that's great. If not, then um I think the best thing is to look within yourself and use that triggering as an opportunity for you to see how you got stuck. So that you can be free of it,
0: hmm.
3: and then you're you know, bringing in a full, open energy into the relationship. You're not contracted, and you're not expecting something different. You, you, you. Then there's the space to actually enjoy the relationship when your triggering has fallen away.
1: Right, and you don't, and you're not in the boxing ring
3: having a fight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or eat with the other person, or with yourself. Exactly. exactly right. Exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. See, so, you know, there are so many people, and I know this is a slightly different topic, but there are so many people that I know that have trouble sleeping. It's like they can't sleep. Well, and one of the reasons that they can't sleep is that they can't shut their mind off, and it's just kind go and go and go and go and go. So, how do some of the approaches that you share in your book? How would that help someone who's having trouble sleeping because they can't shut their mind off?
3: Yeah, you know. Um, I totally understand this problem about not being able to shut off minds. And I think what's called for is a is a a way to find a healthy relationship with our thoughts. Because mm-hmm. thoughts come, um, we think, 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 we're humans and human brains mm-hmm. think. That's what they do. And um, so a couple things about that. The first thing that's coming to mind right now is to say that many thoughts are fear filled. So when um, when there's a lot of thinking, like with a lot of energy to it, and it's really like a whirlwind of thinking that captures our attention and we have no idea how to get control over it, there's probably fear running underneath. And it's really helpful to recognize that that fear is there and recognize the fear, and then we can... Um, deal with the fear, and that helps with all that thinking. And I found that to be very useful in my own experience. When the when I can recognize there's fear there, and I bring my attention to that fear, and not to all the thinking, it be, the thinking begins to subside. So that's one really important thing about a lot of thinking, that it might be fueled by fear, and that would be a good thing to look at. Mm. And move, moving on from that is... Um, To to recognize, oh, this is what I do. I'm like, okay, there are thoughts there, and I just don't put my attention on them. And I've been doing this for years, so it's kind of, you know, um, something I'm very familiar with by now. But I've learned how to move my attention away from thought. The thoughts are there, but I don't think them a lot. I don't make them important. I don't think that I need them so that I can function. So I've, I've let and I become un really uninterested in my thinking and we, we when we become uninterested in our thinking and it's a radical concept I understand that but we we realize we don't need our thinking to function in fact, we're quite a lot happier without all the all that buying into all our thoughts, and then we can just um just you know be here. So when I can't sleep and I notice it, a lot of thinking, I'll breathe. I'll just rest. I'll feel the heaviness in my body. I bring my attention to my body. I find, find going into the body is really helpful to bring attention away from our minds.
1: Yeah, But I, I really I...
3: encourage people to find a new relationship with your thoughts and not like, oh, I hate this or I need to think this or this is really helping me. No. Just experiment with bringing your attention away from the thoughts, dropping them like a hot potato, becoming uninterested in them, pretending that they're just going on and on in a language that you can't understand. There are lots of little strategies like that that I I talk about in the book so that we can um, realize that we're just fine without all those thoughts.
1: Yeah, I I so agree with your you know, with the comment you made about going into your body, I I use a, just a simple breathing meditation, kind of like the one we did at the beginning of the show. If I, you know, wake up in the middle of the night, you know, because I'm menopausal, so, you know, you'll wake up in the middle of the night. And if I'm thinking about things, I'll just go into my breathing, and I'm asleep before I know it, like within a minute. That's right. It, it just That's right. Going off. into that. Yeah.
3: Because our heads are often, you know, I think of like a drawing of like a big head and a little body. You know, that's how we sometimes represent ourselves because we think so much. But Mm -hmm. to bring that attention into the body and just in a a really kind of almost playful, friendly, joyful way. You say, oh, what is that sensation? What's happening here? How does that feel? What is it like to breathe? You know, and just, just like really get into Feeling the body and being curious about it—that that air of curiosity is so useful, and um, and bringing that curiosity into the experiences in our body. And when we're doing that, we're not thinking; we're just experiencing. We're just pure experiencing without all that thinking. And we find that that's fine. And like you say, you know, you, before you know it, you, you find that you're able to sleep because it's
1: relaxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, Gayle, yeah, we've talked about so many wonderful things today. Thank you so much for sharing. If you had say, if you want people to leave with one thing, this is the one thing you've got to leave today's show with. What what yeah. would be that that golden nugget that you would want people to leave with after listening to the show today?
3: The golden nugget is as actually as you titled um, this show that suffering is optional. Everybody mm-hmm. suffers. Everybody has pain in their life, you know, things that have happened that are difficult, emotions that come up that they don't know what to do with difficult situations that happen. And that's part of life. And I'm not saying that life is just Pollyanna, that everything's fine. And, you know, after you realize that you can be peaceful in any moment, that nothing bad ever happens again, that's not it. Life is so juicy. It brings us everything. And when we realize that we can receive it, not push anything away, we accept it, we receive it, we welcome it in, and then we see that it doesn't have to be our full reality. We can just be and breathe and allow things to be as they are, and in that we're aligned with what's happening rather than resisting it and in our heads about it, and that's how we can discover that suffering is optional. So I would love for people to feel empowered to explore their own experience. And to, I guess what I would like to leave people with is this question, how can you not suffer? Like you take a moment and when you're suffering and look at what's actually happening and where your attention is going and ask yourself, how can I not suffer in this moment? What would it take? And you might have some really wonderful insights
1: around that. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So Gail, I know people, I know people are going to want more from you and I know you've got some great guided meditations on your website. How's the best way for people, yeah, oh I love them. How how would be the best way for people to connect with you if they want more of you or if they want to buy your book and or listen mm-hmm. to your guided meditations that are on your site?
3: Okay, so it's com. it's g-a-i-l-b-r-e-n-n-e-r.com, and there are five years worth of blog posts and articles about all of this stuff that we're talking about today. And there's also an audio section for um, guided meditation and there are some other interviews on there. There's also some video and it's all very clearly laid out in the, the home page. Um, so there's I invite people to go and explore the site and just kind of click around. There's all kinds of stuff on there. And um they're also welcome. Everyone is welcome to sign up for the mailing list. And when you do, you get the introduction and first chapter of my book so that you can get a taste of what it's about um and i'm I'm happy to give that away because I want people to know what it's about and then um it's for sale on Amazon as an ebook and also as a paperback and um uh so I invite people to go to amazon and it's you said it's called the End of Self Help: Discovering Peace and Happiness right at the heart of your messy, scary, brilliant life. So I would love people to uh I would love to connect and there's also a way to connect with me if you want to send me an email I would love to hear from you.
1: Yeah, that's great. I I have a feeling that people are going to want more of you, Gail. The stuff that's on your website, your book, because it's it's great stuff. I want to thank you so much for sharing your time with us and with all of us, listeners today. Um, I, I know you're a busy person too. So thank you so much for sharing time with us and your wisdom and your insights.
3: You're welcome, Bonnie. It's been my absolute pleasure, and I'm really grateful for this opportunity to share with your listeners.
1: Yeah, great. Oh, and I, I was glad to have you. So I wanted to um, to remind everyone that next week it's the Bonnie and Betty show. and We're going to be talking a little different topic. We're going to be talking about sexuality. It's going to be a juicy conversation. So be sure to join us for a great discussion. And I wanted to give you one little takeaway that, that I take from um, listening to the show today. And I kind of alluded to this maybe in the beginning of the show before we got into our conversation with Gail. It's that it should be simple. Don't make things so difficult. Don't feel like you have to do everything or everything right or in the, the, a certain way. It's just make it fit for you. So that would be my little um, my little added piece of you know make it make it easy. You know, simple is good. So I will see you all virtually at least next week on Monday at 2 p.m. Central. And until then, blessings, everyone.
4: Are you one of the millions of people who struggle to relax, sleep well, or even lose weight? Have you ever wondered why it's so hard? If you think your brain might have something to do with it, you're right. Now you can learn how to access the powerful energy of the mind-body connection with the Ultimate Health and Wellness Gift Set, a four-CD collection of guided meditations from holistic nurse practitioner Bonnie Gressel. You can use them all for yourself or split the individually wrapped CDs into gifts for friends and family. The Ultimate Health and Wellness Gift Set includes all of Bonnie's popular CDs, including Restful Sleep, Relax, Meditation for Busy People, and Weight Loss. To get your copy of the Ultimate Health and Wellness Gift Set, go to BonnieGressel.com and click the Products tab. That's B-O-N-N-I-E g-r-o-e-s-s-l dot com
2: You've been listening to The Gift of Choice, hosted by Bonnie Gressel. The Gift of Choice has been brought to you by MNB Global Solutions, your source for individualized coaching for entrepreneurs and authors, along with book editing and publishing services. For more information, go to com.